This week on Backyard Footy. I feel like this is a massive thing and a lack of here in this country. Uh, as much as you tell a kid what to do, as much as you teach a kid, uh, kids here don't watch enough soccer. Mm, I agree with they that. They don't watch enough soccer, you know? And if you watch the game, you learn so much yeah. just by watching it, yeah. you know? Because for a kid that watches a right back and how a right back gets out of pressure, mm -hmm. then when he is playing right back, he's going to try to, Amen. you know, do the same thing right. he just saw. Right. Whether he's got the skill at that moment, it, you know, it's totally different, but the idea is there. Right. Uh, and, you again, you can have coaches telling you all day. You can have, uh, you know, all this little thing, all this technology, but if you don't see it, if you don't right. watch a soccer game, you don't understand the game, at the end of the day, the game is, is just like playing, you know, chess. Yo, 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 what up, footy fans? It's your host, Hugh Roberts, a.k.a. Superhuman. Follow me on all platforms, IG, Twitter, Facebook. Also follow Backyard Footy on all social media platforms, IG, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, so you can see behind-the-scenes training footage. We've recorded some training footage today. Get to see Enzo behind the field and how he works on the field. This is the 29th episode of Backyard Footy, where each episode I dive into the backgrounds, journeys, and experiences of all professionals, former athletes, and anyone that's been involved with the game, really, coaches as well. So, yeah, a quick little update on me. This is my second year here out in Charlotte. I was fortunate enough where they picked up my option, brought me back here for the second year. So here I am. There's a good 10 of us now here signed, good little core from last year as well. So we're excited to get this year started. And for those of you who are watching on YouTube, as you see, we're here recording in the ESPN studios. I was blessed enough where 7.30, the game here out here in Charlotte, the radio station, picked up my show, brought it to their soccer department. So now I'm taking over their, their soccer realm and, you know, spreading the beautiful game of soccer here in the Queen, the Queen City. So without further ado, let me introduce my guest, Enzo Martinez, two-time USL League finalist, former Colorado, rapper here, Colorado Rapids in the uh, MLS, and ninth-year pro, and here the captain of us here in Charlotte Independence. So without further ado, what's good, Zoe? How are you? Thank you for having me, Hugh. Of course. How's your uh, preseason going? Oh, man, it's going well. Uh, yeah. Obviously, it's kind of tough to get back into the rhythm of, uh, of, of being off for so many months and then starting again. But uh, as a soccer player, that's the best time of the year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How's it feel now to be back here in Charlotte coming from Colorado? Yeah, obviously. Uh, I'm a lot older than uh, than I was when I started doing this, so it's uh, it's a lot of fun and it's also a lot of responsibility and a lot of learning mm -hmm. uh, and and helping as much as I can. Mm -hmm. How'd you kind of well? First of all, tell us how was last season for you? Yeah, obviously we, as you know, it we did not achieve the things that we wanted to. Every year, our goals are the same, and you know we want to win. Uh, the USL championship, and that's mm -hmm. what we work for every day. That's what we prepare for every day, mm -hmm. and that's the mentality that we go out and training and games with. Uh, obviously, if I don't get to lift that trophy at the end, then to me, right. it wasn't successful. Right. There's always things that you can be proud of. There's things that you can say you did right, and a lot of things that you did wrong. But uh, the goal is always the same, and 
not satisfied with uh, last year. Of course. What so learning from last year, kind of transitioning to this year, kind of what's your mindset mentality? You did say obviously to win the championship as well, but from preseason starting on to now, and the regular season's getting ready to start, how are you kind of switching that mindset? Yeah, I feel like at the end of the season is is you know it's easy to say all the things that went went wrong and. Uh, during the season, we see a lot of those things that aren't going the right way, but a lot of the time we don't speak up for many reasons, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happens to everyone. For me this year, I don't want to keep my mouth shut in a way, yep. you know. Yep. I want to nip all the little things that cost us points, that cost us wins, that, you know, right away, as soon as we see it, we got to cut that out. And, you mm-hmm. know, I kind of that's, – that's a big thing that I'm going in with – the mentality this year is the fact that as soon as we see those things, we got to, you know, nip them in the butt right there and uh, move on from them. Yeah, we have a much younger team than last year, too. So even from my perspective as a center back, I might be, I mean, a seven-year pro or whatever, still kind of young in the soccer realm. But from the jump, my mentality has been the same way, being vocal, leading these young boys, because I think we're going to still have a younger roster in comparison to last year. So like you're saying, from the day one, getting on top of these guys, showing what, Charlotte football is kind of like is important to get ready for this first game. So kind of tell us how that experience was for you about in Colorado. Yeah, for me, it was great. I think I learned uh, a lot about the game. Uh, the place is very beautiful. And anytime you get to, especially for me, anytime you get to be in a new situation, I, I love to to learn as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from every situation, and I think I learned a lot from, from being in Colorado, my time there. Uh, I was lucky enough to play a lot and uh, and you know be part of the team, which that sometimes is tough, you know. Right. So for me, the experience has has kind of light a, a different fire in me to continue to push myself every day. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you need those things. Sometimes players mm-hmm. get too comfortable. Sometimes uh, we don't push ourselves enough. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was a good reminder to keep pushing every day. I agree. How did you switch your mindset, though, coming from the USL? Obviously, you're a two-time league finalist MVP to now being in the major leagues in Colorado. How did you switch your mindset going into the major leagues? Yeah, honestly, I don't. I think that's the way you prepare yourself throughout mm-hmm. your career. Uh, I've always treated every situation, no matter where I play. If I'm playing, you know, a pickup with friends, or if I'm playing for the Independents, or if I'm playing for Colorado, or if I'm playing against, uh, you know anyone uh my mentality is always the same i, I want to win you know and i want to push myself as much as i can and absolutely make sure that you know everything that i can control i do mm-hmm. and the rest will would and should take care of itself mm-hmm. uh so the mentality for me hasn't changed you know didn't change going from charlotte to the rapids and from the rapids to charlotte um it's all the same but uh, obviously, you learn a lot, and you kind of build on those experiences, and and you adapt the way you think about things throughout uh, your career. Would you say the levels far off in, be- in between the USL and and the MLS? I I, I wouldn't say far off, uh, but uh, obviously there is a difference, uh, mm-hmm. and I just think that you know. Uh, for guys, they need to understand no matter what level they're in that they have to push themselves. Do you want to play in Europe? You know, that should always be yep. the goal for everyone. And if the second you kind of let go of that dream and the second you let go of that mentality, then 
you are going to have another player that will come along and mm -hmm. take your spot right away because they're going to push for that. And as long as you're pushing yourself to the max, to the limits, then you can achieve that, you know. And I feel like that's a big thing that I saw also in, uh, in the Rapids is that a lot of players push themselves without needing mm -hmm. to be told that, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it makes the whole squad better because if you're not ready, then you're going to get run yeah, over. I completely agree with that. And that's how it is kind of when you switch from college to the professional realm. Exactly. You're sleeping for one day in training and someone's ready for your job the next next little opportunity. So I agree. So kind of tell us your story. Give us your little experience and your journey, how you got here out here in Charlotte. Yeah, so I grew up in Uruguay, um, which is a huge soccer country. Uh, and that's, that's kind of – since I've been a little kid, uh, I, Alex and I – had the same goal, the same dream to play soccer. And that's mm -hmm. all we did every single day. Mm -hmm. We literally went outside and played soccer. We we fought all the time because we would play against each other. And, you know, I, I've been lucky to have a guy like Alex to compete against yep. every single day of my yep. life. You Makes know, you it, it's exactly. And, and vice versa, you know, we benefited so much from being a young, being uh, close to age, to loving the same thing and having the same goal mm -hmm. as little kids, you know. So Jeez. that kind of started everything for me in soccer. Uh, so I moved here to the U.S. How old were you? We were, I was 10 years old. I just okay. turned 10 and Alex was 9. Mm -hmm. uh, moved here and actually the first maybe two years, three years, we did not play any soccer oh, because wow. we didn't know the language. We didn't know how the system here okay. worked. We didn't know anything about club. None of that, you know. So... Actually, we started playing for a club uh, called Discovery Soccer Club, which now merged with Independence. Um, so, you know, we we kind of we started everything here locally. Right. We started club here. Uh, we're fortunate to to win a national championship with that club, and then went to college to UNC Chapel Hill. Uh, you know, kind of stayed local as well. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky to have a good team and you know, win a national championship there. And then I was drafted to Salt Lake, mm. uh, where I learned a lot, you know. Uh, I was young, and, and, and I was so blessed to have that opportunity. And I was there for a couple of years. Then from there, I went to, uh, now that it's NFCSC, back then it used to be called the Railhawks. Gotcha. How uh, long were you out? Sorry, how long were you out with the Salt Lake for? Two years. Oh, two I was years. with them okay. two years. Then I went to Railhawks for a year. Then uh, when I finished there, uh, the Independence got a team, a USL team. So it was an awesome opportunity to, to play uh, the professional level and to be close to home. So mm -hmm. came here and I was here, I think it was either three or four years. Then went to the Rapids for a year and then back here uh, last year and this year. So, I mean, those, you know, I kind of I feel like I, I I've been everywhere, but I've gotten to experience a lot and to see a lot and learn a lot, which is the most important thing. Right. Would you say you know your background and experience from Uruguay coming up to here helped groom you to become a professional, or more so the American system playing with the um, Charlotte Academy that you played with the Discovery Club all the way until high school, college? Would you say that groomed you more, or your mindset mentality from Uruguay got you here? 
Yeah, I think I, I, I've been lucky to have the best of both worlds. Right. You know, uh, a lot of people don't have that. too. Right. Exactly. I, yeah. I from a young age, I learned the, the wine way, which in, in, in soccer is massive. You know, you run, you work hard and you don't play for yourself. You play for the team and for the, the jersey you wear. And that's you guess you can see anytime you watch the Eurowine national team, that's uh, that that's not taught in your way you know like no one needs to tell you you see that growing up so you know what to expect uh so i got that vision that desire that you know that style of play from when i was little and then i come here and i learn also different things you know to be disciplined uh you know that the american mentality now is evolving a lot but he's is very kind of uh european very english where you know it's it's is kind of direct, but yep. it's also important to have the ball, and you're taught to not to uh, turn the ball over from a young age. So, right. you know, th- that, that combination of the two things have helped me be the player who I am today. And okay. also, you know, moving here to the U.S. and having to adapt to that also plays a big mm-hmm. part in having to adapt to soccer because, you know, as much as we love a certain style, the game is not one way. It's yeah. not w- – you can't play the game just one way. Right. Uh, it evolves, and if you have that type type of mentality and personality where you can adapt to things, and you know, and learn quickly, then you'll be successful, especially in the soccer world. No, I completely agree with that, and that's what's got you here, as we see clearly, though. Right. But definitely being able to adapt to new situations, even new organizations that you go to, all the teams that you've been on. If you're not able to adapt to coaches, I remember the one story you're telling us last week about. The coach in Colorado wanted you to run all the time. Midfielders run from the midfield all the way down the line. If you didn't decide to do that every single time, you're either getting fined or you're sitting on the bench and your opportunity is gone. So sometimes even just putting your pride aside, being humble and doing what the coaches ask for can get you a roster spot and a contract over so-and-so. Yeah, I mean, that's massive. We Sometimes we we kind of, you know, with, with this time where you see videos and you – see players and the way there are it's, it's a very small number of players in the world that uh have that kind of slatin uh yeah. personality right. you know uh there's only there's very few players so you know you have to be able to adapt you have to be able to uh, play for the team you have to be able to uh listen and learn what is being asked of you and go out there and get it done mm-hmm. and because you know as a player, you have a certain mentality, but then one day, if you love the game enough, you're going to have the mentality of a coach. And when you get mm-hmm. to be, have that mentality of a coach, you're going to understand, right. you know, uh, the, most coaches have a vision and they want to see that vision in the field. And whether you agree with it or not, you know, uh, is something that you have to learn to, to adapt and, and right. see through. Right. So who are you watching on the field like that? What? I mean, I don't know if you're watching the English League, Barclays, or Spanish League, preferably, but what teams and kind of what players are you watching out there in the field that you like to emulate? Yeah, obviously. I mean, I know that, you know, you, everyone, this is an easy one, but for me, Messi, just the, the way he reads the game, um, besides the fact that he has an incredible mm-hmm. ability uh, on the ball, on the dribble, just the way he sees the game, uh, you know, and I try to pick the best of each player, and also recognize the bad things from each player and mm-hmm. every team. And, you know, it's uh, – I feel like this is a massive thing and a lack of here in this country. 
as much as you tell a kid what to do, as much as you teach a kid, uh, kids here don't watch enough soccer. Mm, I agree with They that. don't watch enough soccer, you know? And if you watch the game, you learn so much yeah. just by watching it, yeah. you know? Because for a kid that watches a right back and how a right back gets out of pressure, mm -hmm. then when he is playing right back, he's going to try to, Imagine you know, that. do the same thing right. he just saw. Right. Whether he's got the skill of that moment, it, you know, it's totally different, but the idea is there. Right. Uh, and, you again, you can have coaches telling you all day. You can have, uh, you know, all this little thing, all this technology. But if you don't see it, if you don't right. watch a soccer game, you don't understand the game, at the end of the day, the game is, is just like playing, you know, chess or or any other thing is there's a there's a, a way to do it and if you can't learn the way to do it then everything else will become hard I, yeah i completely agree with you man i think there's a lot that goes into that uh having andrew groupman on my show last time he was talking about how how the u.s doesn't have a lot of eyes to one to scout the proper and right talent eyes to where we're actually experienced and coming from like europeans style of play to then emulate down that down here like you said it's very direct down here and a lot of it's because like they're not one watching soccer and that goes into what i say sometimes how it's never shown on tv how even in our own country barely people even know about the major league soccer and a lot of that's because it's not shown on tv it's not um, shown as like a cool sport like that and so people you know turn the eye to that and it is growing now but Either you're watching Barclays on Saturday or Sunday morning, and it's only like true soccer heads who are watching that. If you're not a soccer follower, you're not watching soccer because it's not on TV. And so kids, even from an early age, don't have no idea about soccer until they want to try it themselves. Or even if they want to try it, it's not on TV. So you got to go on YouTube, and they're just watching like Ronaldo doing step over certain certain skills. But like you said, you have to watch your player in your position. That's what we all do now as pros. I can't even watch a soccer game regularly. I'm always watching my position. Right watching how the four is moving and they're kind of moving. But that's how you learn. It's almost like doing homework every single time you watch a game like that. So I completely agree. And I mean, I think that's coming some of the issues here in this country where it needs to be broadcast more, it needs to be shown more. People, you know, are still sleeping on it. And it's understandable as well, but it's growing. And I think it's going to take some time. But exactly what you said, I mean, people need to be aware and watch it some more. Yeah, man, I couldn't agree more. I think that obviously the change from – when we first started playing to now, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. You know, right. uh, teams that we see in our league, yeah. now the majority of teams play, yeah. you know. Uh, maybe yeah. when we first started, it was more of that college mentality where it was mm -hmm. direct. And uh, even now in college, teams play, right, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, and all the levels, now teams play and understand the right way. And, and, you know, the you look at, you go watch academies play. Mm -hmm. That's uh, what I was going to say, too. And academies, mm -hmm. they play the right way. So mm -hmm. all that all that mentality has moved to the right direction. Mm -hmm. uh, and there needs to be that patience because, again, so soccer in this country is, you know, I think Major League Soccer just celebrated their 25th yeah, yeah. Uh, year. You know, yeah, and you're yeah. talking about yeah. in other countries, you're competing with a sport that's been established for 120, yeah. 100 30 very years, true, you know, true. so uh, that takes time. I mean, the the direction that I feel like soccer is going here, it can only go, you know, have an even bigger impact. You see now the the youth guys now are in top, top clubs in Europe, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. from here. And that, mm -hmm. that's, that's great to see. And it helps the sport and it helps the, 
sport from the top level to the lowest level. Yep. Kind of piggybacking off that, how do you feel about the new MLS team coming here in Charlotte? Yeah, obviously, I think that the opportunity brings young kids uh, will be unreal. I don't think that uh, that people understand the impact it will yeah. have until yeah. they see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for guys like us who have been part of it, we do understand the impact. Right. The opportunities for the kids around here will be huge you know right. uh if if we're able to create that pyramid where you have the mls usl championship usl2 and the youth club then you literally have a way to get from uh you know starting soccer at six seven uh five year old to the highest level there is right. here and you could do it all here right you know you could grow up here and you yep. can do it here yep. and that is unbelievable and then Besides that, the atmosphere of, of MLS games, um, they're they're unbelievable. They're awesome. And yeah. when people go and experience that, people get hooked. There, Soccer is totally different yeah. than any sport, you know. And the fans actually play a massive part in the, the entertainment uh, side of the mm-hmm. game, too. So it's a sport that you feel like you, you actually help a lot as a fan. Right. Uh, and I think that once people go to the games, they'll get hooked. You know, uh, I'll find it very hard for someone to go to an MLS game with how the atmosphere are, the level of yeah. play, uh, for someone to say, oh, I didn't like that. Right. And I agree here. Even when I moved down here, whenever the Mexico national team played, they block off all the streets out here. And there's like – 50k worth of Mexican fans. It feels like you're almost in Mexico per se, but that's the culture out here. And I didn't even know it was that big like that. Coming from DC, it's kind of big as well. It's very international up there, so people understand. But down here, and then the women's national teams, they come to games as well. It's almost selling out every arena too here in Bank of America. And I was very impressed. So, like you said, for them to have their own major league team here, for the kids now to have something to work hard for, to see that it's literally in their own backyard. Maybe they'll start coming out to more games, understanding it more. And it's just really just understanding, really. People don't really take the time to understand soccer because they think it's boring and all these things. But in comparison to baseball, hockey, a little, all the slower sports, it's very exciting. And that's why it's growing more in this country now, too. So, no, yeah. I completely agree. Yeah, you have the kind of all the kids that play soccer now get into an age where – you know, they either have a job or some right. of them have kids or some of them are in college and they mm-hmm. understand the game. And that's the, the beauty of it. Like every sport has something amazing about it. If it didn't, then people right, wouldn't right, right, be interested, right, right. you know. And uh, the, once you learn the the reason of the game or how the game is played or why players make certain decisions, then you really understand the beauty, you know, right. and 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 all, all that it brings in that, you know, how hard the sport is and that how hard it is to score a goal. And then mm-hmm. once you understand all that, the feeling that you get when the, the ball goes in the back of the net mm-hmm. is unbelievable. So going off how hard the game of soccer is, it's kind of why it's very intricate and, you know, a little more slow pacing compared to other sports. But it's like chess, as you're saying, what makes your, your position the number 10 position? For people who don't know, that's the center attack and mid position, kind of the mid, or sorry, the position right behind the forward. Basically the most important piece of the whole puzzle when it comes to a team. So what kind of makes your spot very relevant and important for a soccer team to be successful? Yeah, I think it, obviously you need, there's not a single position in the field that would be successful without the team 
having right. one mindset and, and, you know, knowing how to play and learn, knowing how to play off each other. Uh, for me, you know, that I think the, there's the number 10, the all school number 10 was that guy that was extremely good on the ball. Uh, and, you know, he, he didn't have to run a lot. Uh, but now the game has changed, you know, and, and the number 10, a lot of teams like to play with a, a deep six that mm -hmm. loves to build from teams, you know, and now that that's the responsibility of the number 10 is to kind of do a lot more defensive work. And for me, you know, that's, that's, that's where everything starts. You, you right. know, you have to be able to, to defend as a number 10. And then if you get that job done, then it makes it easier for the ball to come to you, right. you know, and it's, I mean, it's a position that I, you know, Kind of, I I always played forward, so I enjoy being close to the goal, uh, and I also like to be good on the ball. So I kind of feel feel like that kind of you know was the best of both worlds for me. No, I agree. So I mean, do you, what do you watch more? La Liga, BPL, German league? What do you watch a little more? Honestly, whatever whatever I can catch okay. at the moment. But so you know. com so comparing the leagues though, what kind of separates? Let's say. La Liga, Barca, and them. I mean, obviously, it's very extreme. So let's break it down even for, like, a small division club, a mid-table club, let's say, like, a Leicester or something. What separates them from, like, an MLS team? Yeah, obviously, the the quality they have, it's kind of like what we're talking about. The quality of those players is mm -hmm. unbelievable, you know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you watch the game, and it's easy, it's easy for someone to – to say, oh, a player should have done this, a player should have done that, because they are so good on the ball mm -hmm. that, you know, a lot of the times they don't make mistakes. Right. The plays don't break down because those guys take a bad touch or can't make a pass. They're so good on the ball that those things are automatic, right. you know, and they, they happen and you see it happen. Right. And uh, the, I think the one thing is just the biggest difference between La Liga uh, you know, the European football, Champions League football to, you know, other leagues and then from other leagues to second division and from second division to uh, third in college and youth and then you go to little kids is how each possession finishes, you know. When you look at the top teams, uh, most of their possession finishes on a, uh, on a dangerous situation right. uh, because they have those players have the skill. Right. Because they have the quality, and right. then once they have the quality, then they can learn how to, you know, break opponents down, and that's when those little pieces come into big play. Uh, and I think that's a big difference. If you watch, just watch a game and count how many passes are made. Obviously, that's not you don't just want to put a hundred passes right, right, every right. possession, but watch how many passes are made right. and what that possession. Uh, Finish like right. and you know and you and you can see a massive difference between European mm -hmm. football and football here mm -hmm. and you know college and right. just how each possession finishes is a massive indicator of of, of the level that those mm -hmm. guys is and you know if you're finishing with five shots a goal that's it's a hard sport to get mm -hmm. shots on goal mm -hmm. you know it's not an easy one so um, that's a in my opinion one of the biggest difference that I see when I watch. Yeah, soccer. definitely quality of possession in the passes. And for me too, I think kind of like the decision-making as you get, if you go into the MLS next year, you're already at top level. So it's not necessarily for me about your athleticism. It's going to come down to your decision-making. Do you 
one touch out of a situation or two touch? Do you turn or do you come back? Because a lot of times, a lot, a lot of times, I tell these young boys, like you have the talent already. Now it's going to come up to here in your mind, and then the decision making. Do you keep the ball? Do you come back? Do you t- play in one touch and two touch? And a lot of times, that takes years to develop when to do that as well. You know, because you have the everyone's the best on their high school team, their club team, maybe the college team coming out. So now how do you separate yourself from the elite group? And as you see, as you're saying, the best over in Europe and best around the world really play simple. One, two touches, maybe a third to get out of trouble, but they already know ahead of time what they're doing. And for the most part, from when I watch the game, like I see the difference in that. And as we start doing these preseason games and scrimmages and stuff, really comes down to, of course, the quality, but just the decision-making at certain times. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the biggest thing. Uh, the game of soccer is in my opinion, is beautiful because of that. Because you have, let's say in the past 10 years, you have the best two players uh, in the world are totally different two players. Mm-hmm. You know, you have one that is very athletic, big yep. guy. Yep. Uh, and then you have a guy who is really small, uh, yep. maybe not as athletic. And they have been able to learn the game. And that's why they're successful because right. they know the game. Exactly. Uh, they know where to be, their decision-making. And, that, and that's, the, the, in my opinion, the beauty of the game because you could be tall, you could be good, mm-hmm. you could be short, you could be good, mm-hmm. you could mm-hmm. be slow, right. you could be good, right. you could right. be fast, you could be good. Right. But also, you know, all those things tied to exactly what you said, decision-making, mm-hmm. being good on the ball, understanding the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in my opinion, that's, that's the beauty of the game. And it takes a long time to learn, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes a long time. What do you think is the future of football here in this country? Oh, I think I think it'll be one of the top sports. Uh, I don't think, you know, I don't I don't think when people say, uh, "Is it going to take over this sport, that sport?" No, it's just right. just like NFL mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. massive mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. and you know, Major League Baseball is massive, mm-hmm. hockey's massive, mm-hmm. basketball is, is massive. Right. You know, it'll just be another massive sport. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. It's heading in the in the in the right direction. Obviously, you see with the the new uh, team that's coming here to Charlotte, mm-hmm. where the the franchise uh, prices have gone and the and the quality of of, of the stadiums yep. and the quality of the atmosphere in games yep. and most important, the quality of the players. You right. know, uh, the 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 game here in the U.S. is is fun because you have. Most of the sports here are, are built on uh, athletic ability, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So you ha- you still have that DNA in the American soccer game where mm-hmm. uh, athlete, being athletic uh, plays a big part of it. And when you add that with the skill of the game, then right. you kind of create an, right. a, a really good athlete right. uh, and a really good soccer player. And I think that's where it's heading here. And that's why I think it's just going to keep growing and growing so, and growing. Yeah, going off even from what you said earlier, how the academy system starting to change, how the kids are starting to become more technical. And a lot of that's because it's much more available on social media now. People are seeing the intricate parts of the game, your one-touch, two-touch coming out of pockets. Yes, it's being taught a lot better and a lot more. And so that transition now from athleticism that we already have in this country to now the technical side is definitely going to take off. And we, like you said, we have kids already in the European system as a teenager so that's the next big wave of the whole generation that's going to come through, not going through college system anymore, coming straight from the youth to pros. And like a lot of times, too, I tell some kids, if you have an opportunity as a 17-year-old to go pro, 
where you're playing 10 months of a year instead of in college only playing three and you know you have a good chance you, and if this is your dream you might want to take that opportunity because yes you can always go back to college too but in three four years say you don't play in three years you're only 20 years old whereas i came out of college i'm already 21 22 and i still had to learn the game even out of college because i came from a mid-major so we didn't even play like that so i had to learn the game myself and that's years behind of a kid who's already a teenager from europe especially now coming over here and that's the dominance and then you look at like atlanta united having 70k of course but even other organizations like seattle portland I mean, I assume here is going to be a big turnout as well because they already have a big uh, following. So when you see that and you see how football has been on decline a little bit because of the CTEs and the concussions. So I was reading like this wave of parents coming in now are kind of steering their, way, their kids away from football and they're transitioning to like a new sport. Some are dumbing into soccer, but because of all that, football's hurting itself in a way. It's now going to help us grow too. So I definitely think I even saw a quote from one of the UFA, uh, UEFA presidents, sorry, how soccer in America might be the, one of the most dominant leagues here in this whole world, per se. So it's definitely going to take time, but I think we have, we've already had the resources. We've been had the resources. So it's just a matter of putting the right pieces in the right places and getting this going. Right, exactly. I, I mean, honestly, I agree 100%. This, the, the game here is just going to take off because the resources in this country are, you know, mm -hmm. above any other place. And then you look at what the league and the quality that has been able to uh, to achieve in such a short time mm -hmm. because, you know, 25 years to start from scratch, then, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and it's just, I think it's a really good thing that's happening. I think so too. So we have our first preseason game tomorrow, also play NCFC this weekend, rivalry game. And, I mean, just for the rest of the preseason, all these games, what's your mindset mentality going into these games starting tomorrow? And how important are they? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, for me, the most important thing is that we all learn the way that we should play yeah. together and come together as, as one. You know, uh, the decisions that we make, we're all making the same decision, you know. Uh, the way we move off the ball, we understand this. The way when we have the ball, we understand this. Uh, soccer, too, is a lot of repeating patterns and that's what we need to learn is you know those repetitions and the movement that we should be doing and the way we should all be playing and I think that that will be the biggest indicator if we're improving is if we're getting that same mentality because again bad passes will happen yep, yep, uh, turnovers will happen mm -hmm. uh, bad dribbles will happen but we need to all be on the same page and the same mentality and when we go out tomorrow that's the most important thing is that we all understand when the ball is here, mm -hmm. where should I be? And when we all know that, then, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the game, I feel like Louisville uh, has been really good in this mm -hmm. league. And I think that that's their strongest quality is that when you play against them, you see that they all understand their right. roles. And right. I feel like that's, you know, that's what every good team in the world does is identify yeah. the roles. And they even had... I think two years ago, players coaching the team and for like seven months of the season had players literally leading a professional team and they still were winning and got the job done. So exactly what you're saying, that speaks volumes to how everyone from the top to bottom is all on the same page. And yeah, I think these games definitely have to be stepping stones for us. We already talked about us getting ready for the regular season, having, being in the right mentality. And so, like you said, from day one tomorrow, first preseason game, let's get everyone. Yes, we've had scrimmages, but 
this is a time to play against other people and just get this chemistry down right. Coming off a season like last season where we only won one game out of 15, the first 15, we can see now, I mean, I especially see how, comparison to last year's preseason to now's preseason, how the differences and what not to do. And so we want to make sure, yeah, from literally day one we've been here, make sure that's never happening again and we're all on the same page. Exactly. That's what it comes down to, us being on the same page, because I feel like we're all split in little different ways uh, last year from that, that standpoint. Yeah, no, and I think that's the hardest thing for any team is to get everyone to buy into the same idea mm-hmm. and same same mentality. Mm-hmm. What's your uh, goals and aspirations? Again, I we have to make playoffs. We have to make playoffs. I I've never, to be honest, set any personal goals because uh, okay. I feel like if if the team goals happen, then my personal goals would be achieved. I like you that. know I because. Like that. Uh, if as a team we're doing the right things, I'm going to score goals. You're going to score goals. Right. The forward is going to score right. goals. So. Uh, you know, we're going to get clean sheets if right. the team is doing the right mm-hmm. thing, you know. I agree. Uh, so, I, but, you know, the, the first one is three goals. You know, make playoffs, get to the final, win. Yeah. You know, that, those, those are the three things that at the end of the year I'll judge myself uh, by and if I was able to – to achieve and then the rest is just you know just noise yeah. in the background last year was the first year of my career i didn't make playoffs too bro so i'm making sure that's never happening it again hurts. either man that hurts right seeing everybody else practicing and playing when you're sitting on the couch yeah that's a i understand everyone else been going through so i really yeah make sure that's never happening again do you kind of have a favorite moment as a pro so far I mean, obviously the lifestyle, uh, you know, the yes. lifestyle we live, we're very lucky and we're very blessed That's so true. to, to you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's a bit of a lie, the life mm-hmm. we live because <laughs> we wake up and we go and we play soccer, you know, and then we talk about soccer and we mm-hmm. live soccer and we're very lucky and that's why it's important to, to work really hard because right. there's a lot of people that would love to take your spot and would take it in a heartbeat. And that's in every sport, you know. Uh, so I, my, my favorite moment from this game is just the lifestyle I get to live. Yeah, and a lot of people, as you see, working in the corporate world and nine to fives, even doing two jobs and stuff like that. And like you're saying, we're very fortunate to have like a three-hour window, four-hour window max in our days. Sometimes we travel, of course. And, yes, we're using our bodies more vigorously than everybody else, but still – just to have some time in the day and mental time and days off as well. It just really goes a long way. So it's Valentine's week this Friday. You have any shout out or any plans you're doing? Yeah, obviously I got, uh, I got my wife and a daughter. So, you know, <laughs> I have to <laughs> prepare twice. So, um, yeah, I just made some, uh, reservation at a couple of places, you know, just plan the day out and, and hopefully, by the end of the night, both uh, my girls feel loved and uh, feel appreciated for everything they do. Daddy's girl, huh? That's right. That's right. What's up? I appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, thank you, Hugh. Thanks for everything, man. Of course. Man. Of course. Wish you luck. I think this is awesome for for the sport and uh, and you know and, and obviously the insight that you're gonna be able to give kids and people mm-hmm. that don't know the game and people mm-hmm. that want to learn the game will be massive. No, I completely agree, and I appreciate that. If you don't follow Enzo on social media, make sure you follow him on Twitter, IG as well. Come out to an Independence game. 
Say what's up to us. You definitely don't want to miss this exciting season. Backyard Footy is brought to you by the BGN Network of Podcasts. That's bgn.fm on the internet. You can also follow them on Twitter at the bgn.fm. Thank you so much. Comment, subscribe, let us know what you think about this episode. And like I said, I'm on 730 ESPN, the Games Network as well. So listen in on air. Go to their site as well and check out the show. And give us a follow and let us know. Appreciate you guys and talk to you soon.